Frankly Daniel Show, and I'm the Daniel and the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights, and it's an honor to be here today with you. So much to cover, so much to say, so let's jump right in. Today's show is entitled, American Pandemics for Dummies, Part 5. I'm going to talk today as if we're neighbors, and you've dropped over for a beer, a lemonade, a tall ice-cold glass of tea. Picture yourself outside in a comfortable shaded lounge chair as we both look out over the calm, steady waves rolling onto the sandy beach right here in Clearwater, Florida. You ask, what should we talk about today? I thank you for asking and tell you I'm really ramped up about the pandemic. You ask, COVID-19? I say, yeah, but I have more than one pandemic in mind. In fact, I have several, and all of them are evil. You say, okay, should be interesting. You ask, should I go back home and get a crucifix or a rosary or or wooden stakes or holy water or something like that? I say, no, I didn't say vampires or Dracula, just the ordinary, everyday evil stuff. You say, okay, and ask, are we going to do this from memory or do you need a laptop and PowerPoint? I say, no, 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 I'm good. You ask, well, where do you want to start then? Well, I want to start with that tiny tyrant, Dr. Fauci. So this is where I ask you to sit back and you play my attentive therapist. To begin with, I find myself, like many Americans, calling on our unpresidential Joe Biden to fire tiny tyrant Dr. Fauci and make science great again. Apparently, all the negativity about Dr. Fauci has pushed Dr. Fauci's nose way out of joint. He's begun even talking about himself in the third person. He thinks he's Dr. Science, but he's flipped and waffled so many times that I wonder if his brain has been damaged by all those TV lights in his face 24-7. It's very dangerous, Chuck, because a lot of what you're seeing as attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Because all of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people, and there was pushback against me. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. So I'm attacking science? I'm denying inconvenient truths? When did you, Dr. Fauci, become the Oracle of Delphi? This isn't the way I learned about science, Dr. Fauci. Let's hear what Senator John Kennedy has to say about you and your science. But Dr. Fauci needs to cut the crap. This isn't about Dr. Fauci. It's not about his feelings, and I'm sorry if his feelings were hurt. No, maybe he ought to buy an emotional support pony. But but we're not debating uh, dance moves on TikTok here. We're talking about millions of human lives. And here's what we know. Dr. Fauci gave a lot of U.S. taxpayer money to the Wuhan lab for Chinese scientists to research bat coronaviruses. My point exactly. 
Over the last two weeks, the origins of COVID-19 have escaped from Dr. Fauci's airtight story that this virus sprang from a brew that Mother Nature cooked up. It now appears to be a deadly virus that attacked humans during some sort of lab accident at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China, sometime in October or November of 2019. As it turns out, it appears that the National Institutes of Health and Dr. Fauci's Institute the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, had funded this lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology at least since 2015. Even more chilling, it appears that Dr. Fauci, who's a big fan of an ethically questionable research technique, that being gain-of-function research, may have funded the very research that created the COVID-19 virus that's killed more than 3 million people worldwide. Dr. Fauci has every reason to stick to the Mother Nature story because if the lab accident, if the lab leak story turns out to be true, it will most assuredly end Dr. Fauci's career and damage his long-standing reputation beyond repair. Moreover, it will make the USA appear partly responsible for this terrible disease. The circumstantial evidence that COVID-19, that virus, was created in the Wuhan lab and escaped from this lab, is piling up every day, making the Mother Nature scenario a distant wish on Dr. Fauci's prayer book. So the heat is on, big time. Neither Dr. Fauci nor any of his people can guarantee us that the Chinese scientists didn't use that money to do gain-of-function research and turn a, a normal virus into a supercharged virus. They weren't monitored. Dr. Fauci and his people didn't monitor the lab. And it's not like it hasn't happened before. Since 1992, there have been 11 different experiments, widely reported, in which scientists throughout the world and labs throughout the world have taken a normal virus and turned it into a supercharged pathogen. Well, you got to believe that all this conversation about Dr. Fauci, about the lab leak, about this virus, about who's responsible, did we create it, did we not, it's going to have some impact on public opinion, don't you think? Here's some very interesting recent polling data from the Trivalga Group. They asked a randomized sample of a whole bunch of eligible voters a series of questions. Here's a few that I found quite interesting. The first question is, what best describes your opinion of who should decide whether COVID-19 vaccinations are required for children to attend public school? 48% of Democrats said parents should decide. Almost 50% said parents should, should decide this. Those are the Democrats. What do you think the Republicans said? <laughs> they said 83% of Republicans said parents should decide what's going on. Perhaps it's not surprising then that 28% of Democrats said if parents didn't decide, the federal government should. Well, only 6% of Republicans thought that was a good idea. The next question. Has your confidence in Dr. Fauci gone up or down in the past year? So how do you think this one went? Hmm. 67% of Republicans said that it had decreased or significantly decreased in the past year. Ironically, only 20% of Democrats said that it had decreased or significantly decreased in the past year. 32% of Democrats said their confidence in Dr. Fauci had actually increased or significantly increased in the past year. Yeah, 
Only 12% of Republicans felt the same way. Uh, here's the next question. What best describes your opinion of how COVID-19 started? 37% of Democrats said it started in the Wuhan, China lab. Uh, you guessed it, 74% of Republicans said it leaked from the lab. 37% of Democrats versus 74% of Republicans. Only 28% of Democrats thought it occurred naturally. 35% of them said they didn't know. But only 6% of Republicans thought that it got started in nature, with only 20% saying they didn't know. So what's the obvious takeaway from this data? Uh, well, it's that Republicans are unquestionably much smarter than Democrats. Well, all right. All I can say is that the country is very divided along political party lines, and that's a bit of a head-scratcher, isn't it? COVID-19 is still with us, but it's losing its pandemic status. In fact, new cases are falling so fast that COVID may not even be the most important pandemic afflicting America in a few weeks. I believe the lab leak theory or hypothesis is going to gain enhanced credibility over the next several weeks. Senator Kennedy gives us another reason to believe this might just be so. Um, the, the biosecurity, and this is in terms of the lab leak, the biosecurity at the Wuhan lab sucked. We know that from American intelligence. And China has a history of lab leaks, 1977, 2004, 2019. The other bad news for Dr. Fauci is that the Chinese have been looking for that ever-elusive intermediate animal host. That would be a mammal that was bitten by a bat, and over time, the virus would have undergone thousands of mutations over multiple scores of other mammals before jumping to humans. Now, as of May of 2020, more than a year ago, the Chinese claim they've tested over 300 different species and in total over 80,000 animals, and they can't find that elusive animal intermediate host. Believe me, China would desperately like to find that animal pathway. This would evidence that Mother Nature created this deadly virus, and it couldn't be a careless laboratory slip-up. And as Senator Kennedy is about to tell us, they can't find the smoking bat either. Um, also, since day one, Dr. Fauci and, and his uh, uh, expert friends uh, have told us, look, the, the virus occurred naturally. It, it jumped from a bat to, through an intermediate host into human beings. Well, it's been a year. Where's the proof? Where's the smoking bat? Do you really think if China could prove that this virus occurred naturally in nature, that it would withhold that evidence? No, it would be screaming it from the rooftop. Here's the problem. Dr. Fauci has big-time credibility problems. The more he says, the deeper the hole he's in. As they say, put, put the shovel down, Dr. Fauci, and, and walk away. I don't believe he could continue to be the voice of public health information on this pandemic or any other pandemic going forward. It's way past time for Dr. Fauci to retire, like right now already. I believe Senator Kennedy sums up Dr. Fauci's problem in this final Kennedy sound clip. Dr. Fauci needs to address it, and he needs to hit these things head on. Otherwise, it's going to undermine public health, people's confidence in public health, and the American people are going to end up trusting Dr. Pepper more than Dr. Fauci. I have to play two more audio clips, one of Senator Marco Rubio and one of Dr. Fauci. 
Why? Because I'm amazed at the number of senators that have come out against Dr. Fauci, remaining as a director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. I totally agree that Fauci must go or be fired, and this very moment is not too soon. There isn't time to recount all the damage Fauci has done with his mandated recommendations, from the first 15-day lockdown to closing of our schools and all the attendant stress this has placed on 74 million children and double that on parents. When we need a strong voice to go up against the teachers' union that held our children hostage, where was St. Fauci? We're still coping with the CDC guidance making children wear masks to summer camp. How ridiculous! Parents are scared not to get their children vaccinated, yet there's no evidence that they need to or should be taking a vaccine that's only emergency use approved. More children get the seasonal flu than COVID-19, and those that do test positive for COVID-19 are are rarely even aware they have it. We still have millions of people who are fully vaccinated and afraid to take their face masks off for concern that they might infect someone or acquire a case of COVID themselves. What nonsense! We're having arguments over whether we must be vaccinated to work in certain businesses or if we're required to produce proof that we've been vaccinated to participate in certain public events. The same people who are pushing vaccine passports are the same idiots screaming Jim Crow if they're asked to show an ID to vote. Those of us that tried to offer an alternative to Fauci's Mother Nature Did It scenario as to how COVID-19 came about were banned from social media as heretics and blasphemers. Even Facebook had the arrogance to come out recently and tell us it's okay now to post opinions about alternative origins of COVID-19. Scientists, actually scientists, have shown how as many as 200,000 Americans died of COVID-19 because Dr. Fauci crushed the use of hydroxychloroquine for the early treatment of COVID. Based on his recommendation, multiple blue states made it illegal made it illegal for physicians to prescribe hydroxychloroquine for COVID-19. Unbelievable! They were threatened with fines, loss of their license, and in some cases even jail time. Fauci was dead set against banning travel from China in February of 2020, even though China was ground zero for COVID. Trump had to stand alone in banning Chinese travel because Fauci had good friends scientists in Wuhan and thought that banning travel was completely unnecessary. The recent cache of 3,200 of Fauci's emails show he colluded with other virologists, yeah, virologists who had or were currently receiving research grants from Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. The, the collusion was just to promote the animal vector scenario as the only way COVID-19 could have come about. Fauci publicly denounced anyone suggesting that COVID-19 might have come about from a laboratory accident. Even, even, he even publicly challenged President Trump when Trump said in April of 2020 he believed COVID-19 came from a Chinese lab accident, even though Trump had in real-time intelligence data that said that's probably what happened. The reason we have three COVID-19 vaccines today, vaccines that Biden constantly takes credit for, is because Trump fought Fauci every step of the way, Even then, Fauci contradicted Trump when Trump said we'd have the vaccines before November of 2020. Fauci is no longer a public health professional. In retrospect, Fauci never was the go-to person. 
He's been a bureaucrat's bureaucrat for years, and now he's shown himself to be a pathetic, self-interested political animal. Have you noticed that Fauci is the only person President Biden carried over from all the professionals that worked on Trump's White House COVID team? That's because, among other things, Fauci worked at lockstep with the Biden campaign to keep the COVID scare up and the mask mandates right on through the November presidential election. The message has always been, Trump mismanaged the pandemic and hundreds of thousands of Americans died because of Trump's incompetence. When the truth be told, it's been Fauci and the blue state governors like Cuomo, Murphy, Gavin, and Gretchen Esther Whitmore, the governor of Michigan, that are the true incompetence. Despite receiving more than 74 million votes, Donald J. Trump lost a presidential race to a senile Joe Biden because the COVID scare allowed blue states and blue cities to unconstitutionally, in many cases, change their vote-by-mail procedures to make it impossible to challenge the authenticity of mailed votes. All this to accommodate the COVID scare. The COVID scare that's still being perpetrated by the Biden administration and Dr. Fauci. Fauci says we may need to get a booster COVID vaccine. Fauci says that even if we have had a confirmed case of COVID, you should still get a COVID vaccine shot. Fauci says those who've had COVID don't count toward herd immunity. Fauci says we need to be at 70% vaccinated to achieve herd immunity. Fauci says he needed to nudge that percentage up to 75 to 80% to achieve herd immunity. Fauci says is like Simon says. It goes on and on and on, and eventually Fauci changes the message and says it's due to a change in the data. (laughs) No, it's not. How many businesses have gone into bankruptcy never to return this last 16 months? The last estimate I saw was more than 350,000 businesses have closed forever. How many dreams did this crush? Look at the economic recovery of red versus blue states. Compare the lockdown of the Fauci blue states compared to the Floridas, Texas, the South Dakotas, the Mississippis, the Georgias, and the Iowas. It's the Neanderthals versus the Fauci lockdown states. All, all of this, every last drop of this nonsense is all because Dr. Fauci set himself above everyone. And now... Here's Dr. Fauci today crying on NBC's left-wing propagandist Chuck Todd's shoulder about how unfair the world is to poor, tiny, tyrant Fauci. That issue with masks is people want to fire me or put me in jail for what I've done, namely follow the science. I could go the next half an hour going through each and every point that they make. It's, It's preposterous. Yes, Dr. Fauci, we do want to fire you. But I haven't heard anyone say they want to put you in jail. Let's not get carried away, okay? Dr. Fauci is the highest paid government employee at $417,000 per year, not counting federal benefits like health care and retirement contributions, not counting speaking and consulting fees and other business arrangements. Please don't cry on our shoulders, Dr. Fauci. You've been in your position since 1984, This last 16 months has been a terrible capstone to your tenure there. Here's what Senator Marco Rubio just said. He just said this minutes ago. I think the reason he should be fired is because he's lost a tremendous amount of credibility among the American people. I think he's actually done very significant damage to public health. People, the next time we have a pandemic, are going to remember a time and an era where Dr. Fauci knew certain things that we now knew he did, 
and he either kept them from the American people or lied by omission. Well, if time permits, I'll try to get back to COVID-19 before the hour's out, but let's move on. Yes, as you can hear, I, I, I feel strongly about the Dr. Fauci story. No, he's not responsible for all that's gone wrong with COVID-19 in America, but he's been in the middle of nearly every governmental decision about how America used its considerable resources to fight this pandemic. And yes, we must find out what happened in China. We're going to see if Joe Biden is a captive of Chinese intelligence or if he'll stand up to China and demand answers. Well, I'd like to switch to another pandemic. Let's talk about the pandemic known as rampant illegal migration along our southern border. I'm no longer sure we even have a border. I mean, what's its purpose? Isn't illegal migration a pandemic yet in your mind? Aliens and COVID, no, they're not our only giant issues. How about race, or should I say racism? Racism is a massive divisive pandemic trying to happen because Democrats are pushing this affliction on us every chance they seem to get. There's no vaccine against racism other than our sort of natural affinity for each other as social animals and children of God. But Democrats, especially old man Biden, is systemically infected with a sense of racism he wants to share with America. No, actually, Joe, from from the slave state of Delaware, he wants to shame our nation over a type of racism not seen in America for at least four generations. Biden and the Democrats have unearthed Jim Crow and are flashing him everywhere they can. It's nothing short of race-baiting. And Joe Biden, of, of all the jokesters, he's a flawed man who often sided with avowed segregationists during his 37 years in the Senate. For instance, he sided with those who favored segregated schools. In his own words, he didn't want our elementary and secondary educational institutions to become racial jungles. His words. Yes, Joe and the Democrats want you to believe there's a racist around every corner, and that racist just might be you. This despicable tenet that systemic racism is rampant in America has given rise to the metastasizing cancer that is critical race theory. The only positive thing to come about because of COVID-19 is that parents were forced to become their children's teachers. Why? Because school boards, teachers unions, the CDC, and tiny tyrant Fauci closed our schools out of an abundance of nonsense. Parents in Zoom instantaneously became our children's de facto teachers. That's when we discovered critical race theory and the evil being force-fed to our children. The Democrats' brand of racism is also the basis for defunding police, because police, according to Democrats, are racist by nature, and they prey on well-behaved black men. The left would have us believe that police kill black men just because they're black. Every time a cop is involved in a shooting of a black man, regardless of reason, Our world spins off its axis as our radicalized media goes into hyperdrive and propaganda gushes from our TVs spilling over our living room and rec room floors. (laughs) But the left fails to tell. They fail to tell you that there's a nasty cause and effect that happens when you defund the police. Crime, especially violent crime, begins to rise at rates faster than we we can record it. 
And who's the biggest loser in defund the police? It's black lives, especially black men. Especially black and brown families living in socioeconomically challenged neighborhoods. The alleged constituents of Democrats. Here's an audio clip of Dr. Heather McDonald on the Laura Ingram Show talking about black lives lost to rising crime resulting from defunded police propaganda. Dr. McDonald is a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and a prolific author. I highly recommend her books, especially the last two entitled The Diversity Delusion, How Race and Gender Pandering Corrupt the University and Undermine Our Culture. That's a mouthful, I know. The second one, The War on Cops. It's really a terrific book. The War on Cops, How the New Attack on Law and Order Makes Everyone Less Safe. I ask you, isn't that the truth? Here's what she had to say about black-on-black crime and murder and the lie that pits police as racists against African-Americans. Record-breaking increase in violent street crimes in city after city. Two dozen blacks are killed every day to absolutely no attention from the press. That's more than all white and Hispanic homicide victims combined, even though blacks are only 12% of the nation's population, Why? Because of this massive delegitimation of law enforcement based on the phony idea that if blacks are arrested more or incarcerated more, the only allowable explanation is police racism. Here's the facts, Laura. Blacks commit violent crime at over 10 times the rate of whites, and they're victimized. They're killed by violent criminals at over 10 times the rate of whites, not killed by cops, not killed by whites, but killed by other blacks. The reason blacks are in minority neighborhoods is to save black lives. And when the cops back off, which is what's happening across the country, thanks to this phony racist attack on on law enforcement, black lives are the ones that are lost. Well, it's been a fairly vigorous first half. Let's take a short break and I'll practice my slow, deep breathing exercises. Please refresh that iced tea and rejoin me here on the beach in Clearwater, Florida. The scenery is marvelous. Please, you all come back now. I'll be here. There's a lot more to ponder. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called shoptotheright.com. It's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America, They support veteran-owned businesses, as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together, we need to shop together, and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. Shop to the right. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. 
your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. You'll find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Greetings and hallucinations, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Before we left on break, I was talking about racism, Democrat Party-styled racism in America. It's a racism that blames police as racist for how they do their jobs. It's a racism that sees criminals as victims and victims as perpetrators. It's a racism that Democrats say pervades and distorts every aspect of American life today. It's a racism that whites deny and blacks are its born victims. It's a racism that prevents social and environmental justice owed to victims of color. It's a racism that demands we take critical race theory seriously and use it to root out white privilege and white supremacy. It's a racism that holds that black lives matter, and these lives are an oppressed class of Americans, oppressed by often unwitting whites. It's a racism that demands reparation, reparations for the sins of slavery committed by others centuries ago. It's a racism that taints Americans' views of each other, and is being politically sustained by radicals to perpetually sow animus, distrust, and loathing for each other. It's a racism that's viciously used by cancel culture activists against anyone who challenges the premise of critical race theory and fails to acknowledge whites as racist oppressors. Let's face it, even mainstream Democrats, if there are any of those still around, are allowing radicals in their party to use racism to push and implement American Marxism. In American Marxism, whites are the oppressor class and blacks are the oppressed class. As far as I'm concerned, racism as practiced and applied by radical Democrats is every bit as toxic, pervasive, and deadly as any pandemic, and certainly that includes COVID. Racism espoused by radicals certainly harms the body, but more importantly, it kills one's spirit and soul leaving people suspicious, angry, resentful, mean, defeated, and trapped in someone else's 
distorted reality. This brand of racism is insidious, evil, and it's anti-American. Racism in America, systemic racism in America, is every bit the lie that climate change is. Both racism and climate change use fear, uncertainty, and anxiety as motivational tools to change our society into an authoritarian, secular nation where people look to big and even bigger government to protect us from each other. Racism is about creating enemies within our society, making us ever weaker to foreign adversaries, pushing us to renounce our national identity so that we may join the push toward globalism, a secular globalism where religion and God have no place, is not American. American Marxism puts elites, intellectual subject experts, and technical specialists in charge of our national and even our personal decisions instead of just being advisors. Aren't you glad that Dr. Anthony Fauci isn't trying, isn't trying to sell us that Democrat-branded racism is something Mother Nature created and not something a Democratic political think tank concocted in their social marketing laboratory? I can see the title of this blueprint paper now. 16 Ways to Use Racism to Gain Voters by Vilifying Conservatives as Legacy Racists. Are experts and think tanks already running our lives? Perhaps they are. I'm waiting for Joe Biden to name Dr. Fauci to John Kerry's climate change charade. Just look at the last 16 months of COVID where politicians and scientists fought over control and power. And what good did they do us? Aren't you sick of other so-called experts trying to tell you that you're something you're really not? or that you need to be scared enough to follow their mandated advice? Today's brand of Democrats are constantly using fear, uncertainty, and anxiety-inducing rhetoric to motivate us to get vaccines we don't need, to wear masks, to social distance, and to fear others even though we're fully vaccinated. We now have only nine-plus years to change the course of global warming, or AOC will be the first martyr of climate change, and she'll be on the cover of every grocery newsstand magazine in America, or at least those stores that are still above water. I'm not a racist, nor will I become one, no matter how many times radical Democrats call me one or try to convince others that my skin color has predetermined my mindset and behavior toward others of color. But in their effort to socialize and to control American life, radical Democrats are also using climate change as a sister pandemic to racism. To what end? To drive change in America. If you're going to drive change, you need something people universally fear, and it's got to be something really big. So Democrats are pushing climate change. Climate change remains an unprovable, but nevertheless a fraudulent, forever existential crisis. If you can scare enough people to fear it, you can reap the power to change our fundamental way of life in America. Yes, yes, they, they want control over whether we drive electric, cars, or fossil fuel-powered vehicles, or how much beef per month we're allowed, or how many times we can get on a plane to visit Grandma, or use more than one roll of toilet paper a month. Joe, Joe's in Europe right now, 
and well in Europe during this week for the G7 meetings, he took time to address our troops stationed at an airbase outside of London. And here's the message he, he just felt compelled to tell our military on assignment. We must all commit to an ambitious climate action if we're going to prevent the worst impacts of climate change limiting global warning, warming to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius. Lead the global, the global transition to clean energy technology. You know, when I went over in the tank in the Pentagon, when I first was elected vice president with President Obama, the military sat us down to let us know what the greatest threats facing America were, the greatest physical threats. This is not a joke. You know what the Joint Chiefs told us the greatest threat facing America was? Global warming. Sorry, Joe, but I think that times you're a joke. This is our commander-in-chief. He sounds like a politician pushing another false pandemic. Of all things to brighten their day with. So what are they going to do with this information? What do we expect our everyday soldier to do about Joe's imaginary climate change? Or Al Gore's inconvenient global warming lie? Are they to use fewer bullets, fewer missiles? Or if you're mortally wounded, die as soon as possible and reduce your carbon footprint? Or... Ford Motor Company is rolling out the first all-electric tank. Oh, next month, all chow will be vegan, and whole milk is off the menu because cows are an existential threat to our military responsiveness. When you're finished using that foxhole, you'll be expected to plant a tree in that hole? Or was this just a heads-up that Joe's federal budget is going to shortchange defense spending so that AOC and the radicals in Congress can build 500,000 electric car charging stations across America. Never fear. Even dead light bulb Joe's on the job, and as soon as he's whipped COVID-19, it's on to racism and climate change as the next pandemics to tackle. Heck, Joe Biden will tell you we have racism and climate change pandemics ahead of us. And here's that clip. Now you face another inflection point. As we put this pandemic behind us, rebuild our economy, root out systemic racism, and tackle climate change. We're addressing the great crises of our time with a greater sense of purpose than ever before. And then there's the Lucifer-inspired corruption and coercive ideology of our own brand of American Marxism. Yeah, Joe didn't mention Marxism as its own pandemic. Well, that's because he's a hollowed-out Trojan horse. We all know that. And not even he knows the evil that lurks within his frail cardboard frame. In that hollowed-out horse lives the shadow government that pulls all of Joe's Pinocchio strings. They're the people that write and load those words into Joe's teleprompter, the ones that Joe tries to read and pronounce correctly. But regardless of this cabal, we all know that Marxism is every bit as deadly to our way of life as COVID-19, racism, climate change, and all of these pandemics variants. Don't doubt that it's Marxism the Democrats are pushing. Today's Democrats aren't your grandfather's Democrats. I ask you, can you name one Democrat in Congress that your grandfather would recognize? Although my parents were Democrats and I'm a Republican, I'm also a grandfather, and I don't see one Democrat in Congress my parents would recognize as a mainstream Democrat. In fact, if you look closely, you'll see there's a Marxist junkie on every urban city corner who wants to sell you a big government Marxist fix. 
all guaranteed to solve any of your problems. When I begin to think of this constellation of killer pandemics, racism, climate change, uncontrolled illegal immigration, crime, the war on fossil fuels, bending to the will of foreign adversaries, and COVID-19, well, what if I told you I was mad as hell? As mad as hell can make someone. Because we're talking about hell, and if you found yourself as mad as hell, you'd surely be on fire or extremely hot under the collar, right? So if you cared, and I know you do, the next compassionate, caring thing to do is ask me why I'm mad as hell. But if you saw the steam, or you thought what you saw was possibly smoke arising from my shirt collar, and the smoke was gathering in giant plumes over my head, you might think to look for a source of water or a blanket or something to put me out before I exploded in flames. And as we rolled on the ground together and smoke and heat dissipated, I'm sure you'd look me in the eye and ask me again, Daniel, what the hell's going on? Well, now you know what my wife puts up with every week as I sit down to write and plan what I'm going to say on this show. My weekend, weekly, Frankly Daniel show, and no, I don't usually nearly combust. But frankly, and I'm speaking as Daniel, there's times I just wonder why we're putting up with what the left is doing to this country. And they're not just trying to do it, they're doing it. Sometimes instead of just nearly boiling, I jump off furniture until my brain has a serious talk with my temper, and all three of us, we sit down, my brain, my temper, and I, and we try to make some sense of the week's happenings. And if I search and search, and if I search hard, I can usually find something to be thankful for. And I found it. And I found it. It's a small thing, but nonetheless, I'm thankful for it. Yes, and I'm going to share it with you. Are you ready? Here it goes. President Biden has decided not. And I emphasize not. He has decided not to put Vice President Kamala Harris in charge of getting to the bottom of the truth of the origins of the coronavirus that's mother to COVID-19. So if you've been frittering over that possibility, you can park that in the ain't-gonna-happen bin. N- uh, no, I don't suffer from negative affectivity disorder. But I don't blame you if you've been diagnosing this disorder as you've been listening to me today. For those of you who haven't been following the success story that is Kamala Harris, allow me a moment or two to sort of bring you up to date. Joe, or should I call him Grandpa Joe, if my past grandpa were still with us, he'd be 110 years old and talk pretty much the same way Joe or Grandpa Joe talks. Well, anyway, Grandpa Joe put Camilla in charge of solving another problem. The massive southern border illegal immigration catastrophe. It's not a crisis, it's a catastrophe. You know, the one that Joe created when he used his first 40 executive orders to nuke all President Trump's highly effective illegal immigration deterrence. Well, here's Grandpa Joe making the assignment. When I was vice president, the president asked me to focus on providing help needed to address the root causes of migration and to help keep people in their own countries instead of being forced to leave. The plan was working, but the last administration decided it was not worth it. I'm restoring the program and ask Vice President Harris to lead our diplomatic effort to take care of this. I have absolute confidence to get the job done. Now I ask you, who better to assign this alleged non-crisis than to Super Camilla? Camilla is not only a woman, but she's a woman of color. Some color, any color other than white. 
She's the first woman to be vice president. She's the first woman of any color to be vice president. She's the first woman to wear the same black pantsuit every day while being vice president. She's married to a white man, which must mean she believes white lives matter too. Although you'd never catch her tweeting out anything so anti-black lives matter as that. Just listen to the liberal established media belt out her praises. From the night that Kamala Harris made history as the first woman, the first person of color elected vice president, she made clear that winning a seat at the table was just the first step. And her highest profile assignment so far, a solo trip to Guatemala and Mexico this weekend to tackle the root causes of the surge in migration. The symbolism of having a mom, a mom of color up there talking, uh, you know, about these situations, I think it is important. The child of immigrants, first black, first South Asian woman is going to represent us in Guatemala today. I mean, I would really kill to be a fly on that wall in those meetings. Remember, she is the first woman vice president. She's the first woman of color vice president. And this trip will start to shape how Americans view her. The fact that Kamala Harris is visiting there as the first woman, female vice president, the first woman of color to visit that region, herself a child of immigrants, that speaks volumes as well to the people of those countries. My nerves. Did you hear anything that qualifies her to be named Joe Biden's border homecoming queen? <laughs> now, when you're given an assignment by the president of the United States, and that assignment, it appears that he hasn't really talked with you about it before he gave it to you. You just keep smiling and then you go on the attack. So who do you attack? Well, of course you attack President Trump. Hello? The border crisis must be connected in some manner with the insurrection on January 6th at the Capitol. Hey, it makes all sense to me. Attacking Trump for all the wrong in the world is what Democrats and that's that's what we still call them. We these radical politicians. We still call them Democrats. Well, here here's her attack on President Trump. What does Donald Trump do? He says, "Go back to where you came from." That is not reflective of our America and our values, and it's got it. We don't shut our borders to those who are fleeing the murder capitals of the world and coming here seeking refuge, seeking support, seeking safety. Well, I do agree with one thing Kamala said. We don't say to those fleeing the murder capitals of the world, you can't flee to Florida or Texas. So if you're living in Chicago, L.A., New York City, or St. Louis, you're free to move to any of these other cities or states in America. But when it comes to unlimited illegal immigration, you might say, you, you could say, okay, I'm going to say that COVID-19 isn't the only pandemic in America. It's my opinion that the biblical 40 days and 40 nights of constant rain that flooded earth is a puddle compared to the flood of illegal immigration crossing our southern border every day. We all know why 200,000 illegals cross every month into either Arizona, California, New Mexico, or Texas. And these are only the hundreds of thousands our Border Patrol agents apprehend every month after month after month with no downward change in sight there's another 75,000 aliens crossing into America every month that we know are crossing but we haven't the manpower or the woman power or the people power to arrest them the numbers of illegal aliens crossing are at least at epidemic levels 
Even though they're nowhere near the southern border, many of our American cities and towns are coping with hundreds upon hundreds of instant foreigner residents to care for. The Biden administration's Department of Health and Human Services, they just drop them off, often without any notice. It's as if it's Christmas and you've been naughty, so take care of these undocumented future Democrats. Now, here's where the story gets really twisted. Kamala doesn't want to she doesn't want to have anything to do with the southern border. That's pretty clear. She's got a, a, a low wattage bulb for a brain. I will say that. But it's bright enough to let her know there's no upside to tackling this Biden-made catastrophe. So when she's just a senator from California, she decried and derided the Trump administration for its heartless anti-migrant policies. In fact, she rivaled AOC in appearances at the southern border, both of them taking cheap shots at racist Trump every, every chance they got. Trump mistakenly believed in the novelty of legal immigration, and he wanted to uphold the immigration laws of the United States. Well, any event, Cabela's political instincts told her to avoid this no-win border assignment. Now, she doesn't want a darn thing to do with being the czarina of border insecurity. So what does she do? She redefines her role. It's brilliant. She's going to be an arm's-length analyst. She's going to discover the roots of northward migration. Sort of like an Alex Haley's movie, Roots, you know. You, you probably saw it. We all know the evil root cause analysis of slavery in America, so this is a natural fit. She declares she's going to do the root cause analysis on why millions of people from Guatemala and Mexico are walking to the American border and crossing into our country. Now I ask, why Guatemala and Mexico? Well, who knows? We have illegal aliens crossing every month from any of 92 different countries, but she picks Guatemala and Mexico. Well, they all make it to Mexico one way or the other, and then they walk to our border. But for all I know, Camela picked Guatemala and Mexico out of uh, names in a hat. Now, as someone trained in root cause analysis myself, I can immediately tell you why we have millions of people rushing from all over the globe to get to Mexico so they can walk into the United States. I bet you could probably tell me the reason too. If they come, Grandpa Joe says they can stay. Well, that's part one. Here's the important part two. If they come, we're going to give them a lifetime's worth of free stuff. That includes education, money, health care. Food, shelter, a driver's license, a social security card, a voter registration card, and a job, and just about anything else an American citizen has earned through hard work and birthright. Oh, they also get a credit card. You cannot be an American without a credit card. The question we should be asking is, why are we doing this? Why are we importing children? Young children, ages 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and on and on. It sounds like a twisted sci-fi flick, Stealing Alien Children. Do you know that the Biden administration has reunited exactly six, yes, six, uh, six of these unaccompanied alien children that have come here? She, they've, they've reunited six of them with their families. We still have about 19,000 uh, scattered in various places. Yes, as I said, six, the number after five and before seven. Why are we importing aliens, any aliens, without any criteria for selection? 
There isn't a war or natural disaster in Guatemala or Mexico. Their climate hasn't changed any more than our climate has changed. We don't even care to check if they've got COVID-19 or any other communicable disease. We don't check if they can read or write in any language or if they have an employable skill. I know it sounds heartless, but whatever happened to the concept of border control? Oh, our overworked and spread thin border patrol, they try to weed out the criminals and lowlifes, but come on, it's an impossible job. So American citizens get the opportunity to do quality control as they encounter these characters in some future crime event. How does any part of Joe Biden's immigration policy make America stronger, more resilient, brighter, or more secure? It, it doesn't, and I don't think it's meant to. Why do we have a legal immigration system that grants green cards towards citizenship to nearly a million people when illegal immigration offers entry to nearly twice as many people each year? Why would an immigrant want to go through all that paperwork to start an application towards citizenship if you could just walk into the country? Besides, those legally applying for citizenship, they don't get all that free stuff. What a bummer. Approximately 3.8 billion people live in conditions poorer than the average American. Many of these same people are living in intolerable governments. Why not take them all? Maybe this isn't a rhetorical question. Have you seen any of the daily videos from the border showing busloads of people debussing to wade across the Rio Grande River? Well, back to Camilla. She's finally targeted two countries, Guatemala and Mexico, to investigate the root cause analysis as to why their citizens are leaving to go north. Instead of going to our southern border and talking to those crossing into America, or talking to our border agents, or the landowners whose properties migrants are trampling and trashing through, she decides she needs to go international. The good Lord knows we have thousands of miles of southern border, but no, 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 Camelo had to go to Guatemala and Mexico to talk with their presidents about the root causes of uninterrupted transnational migration to the United States. We have to have the ability to address the root causes of why people leave. The president asked me to deal with this issue. It was about addressing the root causes. The root causes are based on the problems and the challenges that people are facing in countries like Guatemala. But the reality of it is that we have to address the root causes of why they are fleeing. When asked why these two countries, given there's 92 other countries represented among the illegal population, Camela answers this. If you want to fix a problem, you have to go to where the problem exists. If you want to address the needs of a people, you must meet those people. You must spend time with those people. Well, as of today, it's been 80 days since Grandpa Joe gave Kamala this assignment, and she still hasn't made it to our border. And when asked why by an NBC anchor on a Biden propaganda network, she responds this way. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. So what was Camela's final message to the Guatemalans? I want to be clear 
to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. I pray you come back next week. This is all the time we have today. There's so much more to come, but next week. I regret I have only one life to give to my fellow conservatives. And I regret I only had one hour today to give to this topic. I will return. So much more to say. I hope you found it informative. Please follow me on Twitter. I do follow back. You can find me at DFB Harvard on Twitter. I can't possibly thank you enough. You were marvelous. So patient with me again today. Let's do talk therapy again next week. Same place, same time. Until then, cheers and blessings.